Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here, and you're listening to the CFI podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. Hey guys, Jason here. Welcome to the CFI podcast. This week's episode of the CFI podcast is brought to you by our CFI partner program. We want to pay you as a flight instructor. You as a flight instructor who refer probably our, your students to m0a.com to buy our books, buy our number one rated online ground school, whatever that may be, we want to compensate you and cut a commission check to you well, for being a great sales force for us. And you can reach out to Scott, who is our, our director of sales and marketing in charge of that partner program as well to learn more about that and check everything out. You can learn more at m0a.com. Uh, if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you'll see that partner login. You can find some information there about it. Or you can just shoot us an email, say, hey, I heard about the CFI partner thing. I want to make some extra money. How do I get involved with that? More than happy to get you guys set up with that. Creating lesson plans is the topic of today's podcast. And it is such a misunderstood topic, a poorly documented topic, because flight instructors are bad at making other flight instructors. It's just the honest truth. They spend so much time making private pilots, making instrument pilots, but we spend very little time making other CFIs. And sometimes the CFI not being confident enough in themselves as a CFI doesn't help in the CFI process. I remember going to do my spin training uh, because you have to do spins to become a CFI. And the flight instructor I did it with, I said, so when's the last time you did spins? Oh, when I had to do them for my CFI six years ago. I'm like, great. Two idiots up here learn how to do spins all over again. Uh, a little intimidating, to say the least. Sometimes the CFIs were not great at making other CFIs. And that comes to lesson plans as well, because the guidance I got with making lesson plans was this. Uh, I don't know, just put some stuff down and uh, you just got to teach me about steep turns and, and our flight maneuvers. Um, yeah, here's uh, here's my CFI lesson plans. Just uh, swipe those and kind of make some adaptations. That doesn't teach or help me with anything. How do I actually make lesson plans without going overboard or maybe not giving enough information? You know, there's a fine balance between the two. This is an important statement here. Being a great CFI is all about finding out how students learn. You can't make a one-size-fits-all lesson plan. Know that going into it. Because my lesson plan for a visual learner is different than one who's a kinesthetic learner. I could be flying with one student who's an artist, and another student who's an engineer. I think by giving those two professions, you know the, the personas that go along with that. One's the, the free spirit, and oh yeah, let's just, man, whatever it takes to get this thing done. And the other is the engineer who wants every single little detail. 
I can't create a one-size-fits-all lesson plan. I can't create a one-size-fits-all syllabus either for those students. Being a great CFI is being able to look at a syllabus and look at a lesson plan and knowing how to customize it on the fly, no pun intended, and adapt it for that student. It's about taking that complex subject and breaking it down. I'll give you an example. We have a book, The Far Aim in Plain English. We take the FARs, and what you need to know for private pilot, we take this big, you know, 2,000-page book, break it down to about the 100 pages you really need to know. I take the government speak, the government language, and I interpret it for them. I take out what they don't need to know. I give them just what they need to know. Let's, let's give an example now. Let's, um, let's talk about steep turns. Let's use steep turns as an example of this. And I'm going to tie all this back to lesson plans. Don't worry, I'm going to talk about how to make your lesson plans here in a second. But I'm, I'm doing it through telling stories with you right now. Let's do a lesson plan on steep turns together. Well, what are the ACS guidelines? Keep in mind, new CFIs, we're goodbye PTS, hello ACS, Airman Certification Standards. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you got some research to do on m0a.com. I got plenty of videos about this. What are the guidelines I'm being held to? All right, plus or minus 100 feet, let's say, you know, private pilot. Why do we do steep turns? Often gets overlooked, all right? And what are my common student pilot errors? If I take any subject in aviation and I answer those three questions, I've created a successful lesson plan. Why do I do steep turns? Well, we do steep turns to learn about taking the aircraft to some of its banking extremes, to teach about positive and negative G-forces, to get more proficient at a, as a pilot in these steeper banks. Because if I can take it to 45 degrees, a 15 degree standard rate turns nothing. That's why we do steep turns. What are the ACS guidelines? Plus or minus 100 feet, plus or minus 10 degrees in my heading, all that sort of stuff. What standard am I being held to? Why do I do it? What standard am I being held to? And what are the common student pilot errors? Well, one common student pilot error is losing altitude and pulling back on the yoke to try to gain that altitude. Now, you've done enough flying that you know in a steep turn, if I start losing altitude, I don't want to pull back on the yoke. That's going to tighten up the turn and I'm going to continue to lose altitude. What I need to do is take out a little bit of that bank and then adjust my nose from there. You know, why do we do it? What standard am I held to? And where do students usually screw up? If you answer those three questions, you've created a great lesson plan. Because a lot of times we can get too involved with things. Well, you know, in a steep turn, we've got a horizontal component of lift and a vertical component of lift. And in that turn, and you can just go on and on about aerodynamics. And yes, there's a place for that. And yes, maybe your engineer persona might want to know some of that but the artist persona doesn't care. There's a fine line between the two. You have to have just enough information. Where's the happy medium between the artist and the engineer? It's by answering those three questions. Why do we do it? What standard am I being held to? And where do people commonly screw up? If you can do that, great. You've got to think, 
Who am I making these lesson plans for? Am I making these lesson plans for me, the flight instructor, to jog my memory? Or am I making these lesson plans for my student so I can hand them to them before each flight or after each flight? I think the answer is both because as a CFI, we're, we're certainly not required to know everything and we shouldn't know everything. Principle of disuse sneaks in. It just happens. These should be things that you can use. And trust me, my CFI notebook is huge and I still use it to this day. I still share it with my students and hand them these lesson plans so they can know what standards they're being held to. What do I expect? Where do people commonly screw up? That's how you make a great lesson plan. You've got to find the happy medium between overloading with information. Let's, let's use a more complex topic, non-flying related. What about METARs? Okay, let's talk about METARs for a second because that doesn't totally fit into all our questions. Why do we have METARs? Okay, why do I need to read METARs? Could be that first question. Well, what is a METAR? Could be that first question. That METAR is my routine surface observation. They come out 55 minutes past the hour. They're valid hourly. Keep in mind, they're a surface observation. Our, you know, our ceilings are talking to us in AGL and, and the little nuances there. What are the guidelines? Well, that guidelines question doesn't really apply to METARs, does it? So let's rephrase that then. What would I be expected to know on a check ride in regards to METARs? Well, I'd be expected to know how to read a METAR. So in my lesson plan, I would go grab three or four METARs. And I wouldn't grab a dinky little METAR from just a Class Delta airport. I'd start with that. I'd pick a nice Class Delta airport on a clear day and I'd copy and paste that METAR in there. And then I would translate it into plain English. And then I would upgrade to maybe a Charlie or a Bravo airport still on a clear day. A little more, a few more remarks, that sort of stuff. I'd translate it. And then I would look at my US radar and say, who's having really crummy weather right now? And I'd go pull a METAR from there. And I'd show them a, a METAR with some crummy weather. And I'd show them how to read it. And more importantly, and this I have in my lesson plan and it's in our m0a.com syllabus. And again, if you become a member of our uh, CFI partner program, again, it doesn't cost you anything, you get that syllabus. I give my quick weather guide where it says, oh, BR, what's that mean, miss? Oh, RA, what's that mean, rain? And they can just look that sort of stuff up quickly. You don't have to know it all, but you do have to know where to find it. So, okay, we talked about what METARs are. We talked about how to read METARs. We could talk about some common student pilot errors when reading METARs, but what's most important? How do I apply it? It's like that question of why do we do steep turns? Why do we have METARs? Or better yet, how do I use this METAR to make a smart go or no-go decision? So here's what I would do on my lesson plan. I would then, after I taught them how to read, let's say three, four, five METARs, I translated them into plain English. I showed them why with some arrows on what this means, everything else. On my next page, I would copy and paste as many METARs as I could find. And at the end of the METAR, I'd either have a green go 
or a red no-go. And I would show them that I read this METAR and I made a go decision. Weather's great, let's go. Or I read this METAR and I made a no-go decision. And here's why. Because the ceiling was this. Because the winds were this. Because the visibility was this. The same is true with TAFs. I can do the same thing. Because it's one thing to teach how to read a METAR. It's one thing to know they come out 55 minutes past the hour. It's a routine surface observation. It's another thing to know how do I use this tool to be safe and make smart go and no-go decisions. Because that's what we're ultimately trying to overcome and teach here. See, if you gear your lesson plans around teaching the test, you're going to have a problem. You've got to gear them around, yes, there's some teaching the test in there by the check, right, the written test, that sort of stuff. But you've gotta be teaching students to be safe, real-world pilots. So if I just teach you how to read a METAR, I just taught you how to pass your private pilot written test and pass your check ride probably in the weather section. But if I don't teach you how to take that information, process it in your brain, and make a smart go and no-go decision, I've done you a disservice as a flight instructor. We need to answer those sort of questions in regards to our flight maneuvers. Why do we do it? What standard am I held to? And where do students usually screw up? Very similar type questions set with my METARS, TAFs, and our ground-based subjects. Why do I need to know this? You know, how do I read it, that sort of stuff? Why do I need to know it? But most importantly, how do I apply it? I can tell you everything about a weather depiction chart to pass the written test, but how do I apply it to be in a safe, real-world pilot? See, that's the difference. That's what makes a great lesson plan. Remember, you cannot appeal to everybody in your lesson plan or your syllabus, syllabi, whatever you want to call it, whatever you're making. You've got to go broad with it. But remember, we're creating real-world pilots, not pilots who just pass a test. Remember that you will exceed every expectation. You will succeed every time you create a lesson plan. Guys, if you're interested in becoming a member uh, of our CFI partner program where you refer us business, we pay you money to do it. We also refer you business with students that we can't take ourselves because we're so busy. Email Scott. S-C-O-T-T at M-Z-E-R-O-A dot com. Scott at M-Z-E-R-O-A dot com. Or you can just go on M-Z-E-R-O-A dot com, hit the support feature, and uh, open up a ticket, and I'll get it to Scott that way as well. So listen, guys, thanks so much for all you guys do. You're going to be an awesome CFI, I promise you. Just always remember we're creating real-world pilots, not pilots who just pass tests, okay? You can't appeal to everybody. You've got to learn how your student learns first and foremost. Enjoy the rest of your day, and most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.